0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Walk Show Podcast. This is your host, Walker Near Up front, I want to mention you can follow me on Twitter at The Walk Show Pod, Instagram or Facebook at The Walk Show. Uh, But if you've got anything that you want to, you know, comments or questions from any of the episodes, you're always welcome to interact with me there. Uh, You can also email me at walker at podcast.com. I also ask that if you like the show to take a moment to like, rate, subscribe, thumbs up, you know, whatever your, your application that you listen to your podcast through lets you do. Um... It just helps the show be more discoverable and, and helps other people you know, find it uh, so we can get some more listeners. I also want to shout out my other podcast, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is co-hosted by myself and multiple-time The Walk Show podcast guest, Brett Lindley. Uh, Pick Up Your Sticks is a podcast about video games, but instead of doing news reviews and, and updates, we uh, we really try and talk about why gaming matters. So if you like gaming and thoughtful conversation about gaming, Pick Up Your Sticks should be a great listen for you. I also would like to mention the Ozarks Food Harvest. Ozarks Food Harvest is a food bank here in southwest Missouri that helps provide meals to needy families in the area. They're an excellent organization with a mission that I think everyone can agree on. Uh, We pretty much live like royalty here in the US and uh, no one should be going hungry. Ozarks Food Harvest is a really efficient organization and gets about four meals out of every dollar donated. I just I think that no kid should be waking up hungry, <laughs> you know, and uh, and it, it's something that we can that we can help change. Uh, so I really encourage you to to volunteer or donate at Ozarks Food Harvest today. And if you don't live in Southwest Missouri, then uh, I encourage you to to find your local food bank and see what kinds of ways they offer to to help. Because um, it you know food insecurity is a, a serious problem and, and one that that shouldn't be uh, something I think we can we can Manage much better. On today's episode, I actually am discussing the abundance of misinformation available today. Um, there's a ton of noise out in the world, and unfortunately, there aren't simple rules to make it binary. And to be clear, this episode does not provide those rules. So <laughs> if you came here for answers, uh, I don't know that I have them for you today. Um, as with all things, you know, nuance comes into play. And it means that we really just kind of have to think about where we're getting our information and who we're getting our information from. And sometimes even, you know, sources that we've trusted for a long time can have a slip up. And it doesn't mean that they're now bad people or that they that just because someone is wrong about something once that they shouldn't be trusted. It's more just that you can't just blindly accept something on its face all the time because you just never know uh, exactly, you know, where it's coming from. Again, my point with all this isn't, you know, to be hopeless. Uh, it's more just that it can be easy to get caught up in the nonsense and so just, you know, gotta be aware of it. As always, I wanna say thank you to Misha Zarens who provided the music for today's show. And without further ado, let's get on to the episode. So, I've got a few different things that I want to try and talk about, and I, in my mind, they're all tied together, and we'll see <laughs> if I can land that plane for us here. Um, it's a topic that I've I've talked about before um, on many different times, and it's it's really the the subject of just the noise um, in. I guess the media climate, I guess it <laughs> sounds like a pretentious way to say it, but whether it be in the news or whether it be on social media or just in, it's just, there's so many, um, angles, opinions, views, um, <laughs> stated facts that aren't actually facts, you know, things that, that come out that it's, it can be so hard to, to understand what's real and what's noise. um, so uh, something that, that made me think of this recently it's it just before i get into my example <laughs> i'll say it, it it's just that misinformation is um is so widely available and the the thing is is that if misinformation only came from bad actors who were intentionally trying to spread misinformation with some sort of purpose um then that would be one thing, right? But it's not because it it's it's people I mean, hell, even I could be guilty of it, you know? I don't know. It's it's people spread things that are not accurate, but not out of malice and not out of some end goal objective that they hope to pursue, right? It's just simply that that's that's what they understand it to be and so then they go and they tell it and depending on the size of the platform that they have um the audience that they have the more weight that carries with it right so so the example that kind of brought this to my mind recently is there's a a character a person (laughs) he's not a he's not a made-up character he's a real person but a person named Jordan Peterson um some of you may have heard of him some of you maybe not he's Kind of famous. He had a, a best-selling book in the last year or so, um, and has kind of become more prolific as far as again just fame is considered in the last couple of years. Jordan Peterson is a is a professor. He, I don't think he is now, but he was teaching at a college in Canada, and he's previously taught at Harvard. So he's a pretty esteemed academic. And I actually stumbled onto him uh, on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I've watched, as far as I know, every episode uh, that he's been on on the Joe Rogan podcast. And I've also watched a few of his videos. And I've watched some, when I say him, Jordan Peterson again is who I'm talking about. I've also watched uh, conversations that he's had with other people, you know, independent of of Joe Rogan or, or anything. And I don't necessarily agree with everything that Jordan Peterson thinks, right? It's not that I'm advocating that Jordan Peterson's way of thinking is the superior way of thinking or that he has all of the best ideas or anything like that. Um, But I do think that Jordan Peterson is a deeply interesting person and he is (laughs) wildly mischaracterized as this alt-right leader, Um, and maybe, you know, maybe some of it is my own confusion. Maybe I don't know what alt-right means. When I think of alt-right, I think of Charlottesville, right? I think of, um, of bigoted. So alt-right does not mean, you know, that you're conservative, right? Those are, those are different things. So, so I just want to say that up front when we're, when I'm talking about alt-right, I'm not, I don't think that's this, I don't think that's synonymous with, you know, (laughs) not being a liberal right unfortunately a lot of liberal people do seem to have that sentiment that if you're not liberal then you must be a nazi or you must be alt-right and that's you know obviously not (laughs) not reasonable and not true um which i say as someone who identifies largely as liberal right Um, I, I don't identify myself as conservative, but that's actually one of the reasons that I like Jordan Peterson so much, because Jordan Peterson earnestly attempts to provide explanation for a lot of conservative ideologies, and I don't mean just American political conservative, but just culturally, societally conservative ideas. And it's not that I think that everything he says, again, is like, cha-ching, that makes sense, I get it, I'm on board with that now, as much as it's like, oh, okay, I can see where a reasonable person would see it that way. And that was fascinating to me, um, because I was very much on the side, you know, pre-Trump, I was pretty much just a (laughs) blind liberal, in the sense that I just never... Was never really criticized anything on the left. Only thought that Fox News was misinformation, and only thought that Republicans were disingenuous in politics. and And it's nonsense. It's not true, unfortunately. Um, not that I wish that they were villainized, but just simply that it's unfortunate that it turns out that people are just corruptible, not only certain kinds of people, right? So, so anyway, so what I saw the other day was a, a daily show clip and the daily show while being a comedy show, um, I think is <laughs> fair to say is very much a part of the, the left-wing media, the liberal media. Um, and I'm sure that just like, you know, just like John Stewart used to always say, I mean, ultimately the daily show is a comedy show and that's fine. And so ultimately in the end, they're not really responsible for standards of journalism, um, and it and it is John Stewart was not wrong when he used to say this that it's it is ridiculous to I- imply that the Daily Show would be held to the same standard in its joke writing as something like the New York Times or Fox News should be in their delivery of the news, right? Um, but it kind of undersells to some extent the. The cultural influence that The Daily Show, for example, has. Um, I mean, I that's actually kind of what first kind of got me paying attention to politics was actually The Daily Show back in like 2007 and eight uh, when Obama was running the first time. And for a long time, that was kind of my only real access to that stuff. It was the only time I really paid attention to it. I didn't watch, you know, any other news programs. I didn't read News articles, I just, you know, I would just watch The Daily Show and whatever they fed me, I was good with it. And I do think, I would also say that The Daily Show, despite what I'm getting ready to say, (laughs) I think that The Daily Show is a good actor. I think that they do earnestly attempt to just make comedy. Now they make a lot of comedy out of politics, so that comes with its own set of baggage, but I think that ultimately The Daily Show is not a malicious actor. I don't think they're out there trying to subvert people or trying to push an agenda. Um, so just to quickly get to what happened, since I've rambled now for a long time and not actually said it, The Daily Show had a, some comedy segment. I don't even know what it was about. I just saw the clip on Instagram. And they're going through different people. It's like a, a Daily Show correspondent talking to some other individual and, and they're going, they're showing different pictures of people. And I think they're asking the, the, the guest on the show who these people are. And so, I, again, I don't know what the whole context of the bit was, but it, it wasn't just about Jordan Peterson, for example, right? But it shows a picture of Jordan Peterson. And they're like, do you know who that is? And then they're quickly like, oh, he's the alt-right leader in Canada. And then it just moves on. It just goes on to the next thing. And so, and that's it. So again, it's not like the Daily Show is doing some crazy hit job on on Jordan Peterson or or belabored a point, you know, for a long time, but it was just a very casual way of delivering misinformation and wrapped again in, in a much larger joke and a much larger bit. And so it's not as if the punchline of the whole thing was, was that moment. Right. So So I get it. I get that that wasn't the focus, and that it's just a a line, and it's probably somewhat throwaway, you know. Um, And probably a lot of people wouldn't even pay attention to it, because, you know, okay, whatever, they mischaracterized him. But this is the characterization that Jordan Peterson gets exclusively, Um, is that he's this alt-right thought leader um, who is... One friend recently said that his impression of Jordan Peterson... Now, this is a friend who had spent zero time actually listening to Jordan Peterson or reading him or anything like that, but just his impression from culture, you know, the internet, Reddit, whatever it is, um, was that Jordan Peterson as a fundamentalist Christian wrapped in intellectual fluff, is what he said. And... I, so I was talking to my buddy about this and I rebutted that and said, no, I, you know, I think that's just wildly inaccurate. In fact, <laughs> whoever said he's a fundamentalist Christian wrapped in intellectual fluff, that person is actually wrapped in intellectual fluff to make a statement like that. Like, come on, you know, how pretentious can we get? Um, but anyway, that's not what Jordan Peterson is. Jordan Peterson is a Christian and Jordan Peterson does talk about the value of uh, religion and religious teachings, but not in but but he tries to do so in a very um, academic, I guess you could say, way, which is kind of confusing because religion and academics aren't necessarily you know paired together, right? Um, Jordan Peterson is a is a, a behavioral psychologist as well, so he's not just a teacher; he's also a practicing scientist in his own right in the science of psychology. Um, and so I guess science and religion are the things that don't always align, right? And and yet here is someone who holds both of those things in a very high regard, and again really earnestly attempts to explain why things matter. Or at at the very least, why they may have been important in the past. So, for, you know, for example, a, a thing that I hear all the time is that, and I shouldn't say I hear all the time, a common thing that people say, <laughs> not just to me, but in general, when criticizing the Bible, for example, is at least the the modern American Christian teaching is that, um, well, you're not supposed to masturbate, right? And, like, that's so petty. Like, why would... Why would Why would God not want you to masturbate, right? Like, why would that be of value to anyone? Like, it seems like it's just a control mechanism to fill some weird desire or something for those in power, right? And maybe it is. I don't know. I I don't know. I wasn't there when they wrote (laughs) the stuff down or determined what it meant or anything. But Jordan Peterson offers that, well, maybe it's because in a society in which men masturbate a lot, the thought would be that they're not as active in trying to secure a mate, right? Because they they don't have the biological drive that they do otherwise. Now, you know, in modern society, I think that that's kind of debunked, right? I mean, people masturbate and still have active sex lives and, and and, you know, that sort of thing. But Jordan Peterson isn't saying that he is absolutely against masturbation and that no one should do it. And that explanation, right? He's just explaining how it could, how it could have been rationalized for why that would be something included. Okay, makes sense. Um, again, I'm not saying now that I think that masturbation is wrong or is a sin or any of that. I'm, I'm not trying to debate masturbation as much as I'm just trying to provide a simple example of Jordan Peterson trying to explain something, trying to provide an answer for something, and that's what he does. Over and over again. I mean, I've literally listened to well over 10 hours of him speaking, and he just, he's not bigoted in anything he says. He doesn't try and attack people. He doesn't try and marginalize people. Now, like in one of the Joe Rogan episodes, he talks about how the very nature of a capitalist society produces margins, right? So... The whole concept of like, well, if you work hard, you can get ahead. Well, if you're getting ahead and someone else isn't, right? And so, again, he's not advocating that people be marginalized or that marginalized people just suck it up or anything. He doesn't say any of those things. He's just simply saying that the concept or the notion that marginalization of people is born only out of tyranny or is born only out of hatred, isn't really the case. It, it's also a product of other things, like the very nature of capitalism in and of itself, right? And maybe that is a shot against capitalism, right? Because he's also not saying, and absolutely, it's the best thing that we've ever done. Now, something he does argue that I agree with wholeheartedly is this concept that equality of outcome is not what we should be pursuing, but rather equality of opportunity because equality of outcome leads to the Soviet union. Right. Um, But equality of opportunity means that everyone has the same shot and we're not there. You know, we're not, not that not that we are there in America or anywhere else in the world. Equality of opportunity has not been achieved. So I'm also not saying that that's the case, but that should be the thing that we're focusing on and chasing, not equality of outcome. Um, so I explain all of this about Jordan Peterson to say that he is a very intellectual, thoughtful, articulate, uh, and, and honestly just earnest person who is not alt-right at all, but the cultural zeitgeist, if you will, says that he is. I watched a Vox documentary on him one time. It was 10 minutes, you know, so it wasn't long, but it was a 10 piece on Vox on who is Jordan Peterson, and yeah, it's totally wrong. It's not, <laughs> it very much misrepresents who Jordan Peterson is. Um, so I invite anyone who has heard negative things about Jordan Peterson to actually seek out some Jordan Peterson, not quotes, right? Not quotes and not clips that other people have spliced together, like Vox, for example, but just legitimately go find an unedited Joe Rogan interview with him that's two and a half three hours long where again there's no cuts there's no edits so whatever he said is what he said and you can get the full context of what he's saying and I think you would be surprised at who he actually is well so the reason that this is also relevant to the point I was kind of talking about as we were leading up to this with misinformation being so widely available and the reason I said that the Daily Show isn't I don't think trying to spread misinformation is because this is an example of something that if you don't know who Jordan Peterson is, and you have not watched the Joe Rogan episodes or listened or whatever, or you've not stumbled into Jordan Peterson some other way, you probably don't know who he is, and you probably don't care, right? And so when you see The Daily Show, who let's assume you watch The Daily Show, well, you trust it. When you see that flash up, you just check a little box that says Jordan Peterson, alt right Canada leader, and maybe you never think about him again, until some other time he comes up, and then it's like, oh right, yeah, that's the guy that's the alt right leader in Canada, and it's just wrong. He's he doesn't lead a political movement. He doesn't. <laughs> he's he he's not trying to advocate for for anything like that, right? I mean, the thing that got him on the radar of of being called that is that in Canada. Now, I don't know if the laws were actually passed or if they were about to be passed. And, you know, forgive me for my ignorance on that. But basically, Canada was at least looking, if not passing, uh, laws that required, that, that legally mandated the use of several new pronouns to in order to try and accommodate people on the gender spectrum, right? And Jordan Peterson spoke out against this. Not because he thinks that people who are transgender or find themselves in a non-binary gender role, we'll, we'll say, right? He, he's not saying that those people are wrong, that those people are sick, that those people are crazy, that those people deserve to be personal. Nothing. Nothing like that at all ever comes out of his mouth. His argument is that the state, in this case Canada, should not legislate language, Right? Like, in America, the N-word, which, case in point, I won't even say, you know, but that word is not illegal to say. It's culturally unacceptable to say it, but it's not actually against the law to say it. And so his point is that it shouldn't be against the law to use a pronoun inappropri- inappropriately in someone else's view, nor should you be, you know, forced by the government to use a certain pronoun. So really, Jordan Peterson's trying to defend free speech, is what he's trying to do. That's actually his argument, is about free speech. But because it was in the context of this transgender debate, I don't know what you want to call it, controversy, I don't don't know what the word is, circumstance that we find ourselves in, he was labeled as being anti-transgender and alt-right. And he's been labeled as being anti-feminine and being... (laughs) <laughs> just all sorts of things that just aren't aren't actually true. And it's not what he says, but people take little sound bites and they take things out of context because Jordan Peterson really, really goes out of his way to try and articulate what he's saying. And sometimes he's very long-winded, which is probably where the intellectual fluff thing comes from. But it's not fluff. It's actually a person really striving to find the words to explain something. That's it. It's an honest conversation. And that's what we're missing all of the time now, is that no one wants to have an honest conversation. And so it just struck me that something like The Daily Show, which I look at as a trusted source, frankly, would just be so casually wrong about something, and it doesn't matter. And then it made me realize that, and again, this isn't about The Daily Show being consistently wrong. It's all media. It just made me stop and think again about how you just don't know when people are are wrong about stuff like that, you just... Because if I didn't happen to know who Jordan Peterson was, that wouldn't have registered with me, and I wouldn't be talking about this right now, right? It's only because I happen to have that prior knowledge. But if you don't have that prior knowledge, you don't... It doesn't register. Well, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know about. Most stuff, as the listeners know, I don't know about. And so... Uh, who knows how many things have been flashed across that screen in a very, you know, a very casual 3-second clip that's not really even relevant but that is embedding ideas in my own mind that are are just wrong My stance on this is not that I you know not to be a paranoid you know tin hat wearing person that's that's afraid that everyone is lying to you um as much as that it's like I it's just so hard to it's just so confusing like I'm not coming here today with an answer unfortunately as usual um I'm coming here more with a, a just a <laughs> a statement of an issue just pointing out an issue but i don't you know it's like a, a, if you're an employee they always tell you that if you're going to bring a problem to your boss that you should also bring a solution right and that if you don't have a solution then maybe you shouldn't bring the problem well that's that's fine and well when we need to you know put the broom in a different location in the supply closet so we can get it easier right but to be perfectly honest, I don't know how to solve this. I don't know because it's not that the Daily Show should now be labeled as this bastion of misinformation and that they all all they do is lie and deceive people because it's not true. There's nuance to it, just just like everything. There's there's nuance to it. I read a, a, an Instagram post from Charlemagne the God the other day. I don't know if you know who that is. He's a radio host, he hosts the Breakfast Club. Him and a couple other people. Uh, I think Charlemagne's hilarious, and and check his stuff out quite a bit. Follow him on social media, and you know he's entertaining. Um, he's also a pretty thoughtful guy, and it and he's not. His character is not the character that people expect to be thoughtful, but he is. Um, and I mean, now it is. He's a best. He's a New York Times best-selling author for a book on anxiety. So Charlemagne is respected at this point, but. You know, his story is not he, he's not an academic or something, right? Like he's not someone who spent a lot of time, you know in education at least early in his life. I you know, I don't know what his his education actually is at this point, but either way, um, Charlemagne was talking to someone else on social media in, in the comments on one of his posts, and he said, I think that in response to this other person who disagreed with him, but in like a respectful way, Charlemagne said, well, that's because you understand nuance and that that's what life's all about. And that's man. That's true. Like, man, that is so true. It's a lot easier if you can make stuff black and white, but nothing, you know, usually is, there's always a lot of nuance. Um, Now there's some things that don't carry nuance, but you know some some acts of violence and things like that but a lot of stuff a lot of stuff does carry nuance um I guess I guess I guess life is so nuanced that not everything is nuanced right that's one of the nuances that some things aren't actually nuanced but it's not the majority it's far and away the minority of things that are that are are not nuanced um and so, because there's all this nuance, again, it takes me back to what I said at the very beginning. There's all this noise. There's all this noise, and it can be so hard to understand how to distinguish what noise is reasonable and what noise is is unreasonable. Um, and it's hard to it's hard to understand who to even trust or believe on things. And you know, I mean, like Jordan Peterson, for example, I could say, well, you know, one answer could be. Well, look up multiple sources on a thing. Well, I've talked about this before too. A, who has time to sit around <laughs> doing deep dive research on things all the time? No one. You can't. You don't there's not enough time. And even if you do commit to doing deep dive research on stuff, again, if you didn't know who Jordan Peterson was and you saw that Daily Show clip, you probably don't even know what I'm talking about because it it wasn't that significant. So you're certainly not compelled to go start trying to do research on it, right? But even then, how do you do research? Because if it's not something that has books written about it, (laughs) then you can't go to the library and do research. So that means you're going to be on the Internet. And when you're on the Internet... Well, another way that that conclusions are reached is consensus. Oh, there's a lot of people that say this. Well, on the internet, you can find a lot of people that say a lot of stupid stuff. See flat earth society, right? That's something that doesn't exist without the internet. But there's enough of them that they feel they have consensus, and then those people believe that. It doesn't make any sense, actually, but it's the way that it goes, and so it's just I don't know with with political stuff and in this country it's so hard to know to know what to believe anymore and it's so hard to know how to cut through it and and it's it can be hard to even have conversations with people that you already know and respect about it because it's just it's so possible that you've both heard completely different noise on whatever the subject is and, and you have very different viewpoints, and it can be difficult to, to find a compromise or to find somewhere in the middle. Um, I think it's only achieved by doing that work, though, by trying to talk to people. But that still doesn't solve the problem of when you're getting all this input, what does it all mean, right? I, I, I was watching Black Mirror, a show on Netflix recently. Uh, for those of you that haven't ever seen it or heard of it, it's kind of like a modern-day version of the Twilight Zone, where every episode is standalone. It has different actors, uh, completely different plot lines. So, in Twilight, in the vein of the Twilight Zone, in that way, in the you know the show, each episode is, is there's no c- continuity through it at all. Um, and it's also kind of like the Twilight Zone because typically all the episodes kind of go badly and not necessarily in like a more really horrible or grotesque way, but just, but sometimes, um, or at least in some ways, right? So I watched this episode of it just the other day called, uh, uh, 15 million merits. So I'll try and be as brief as I can. I'm not trying to just do an entire show synopsis here for you, but, And spoiler alert, if you care about the the plot of 15 million merits, I'm getting ready to share it. So, you know, proceed at your own risk. It's basically there's it starts out with just showing a guy and then it kind of expands to a group of people that spend all of their time, at least that you can see as the viewer, riding an exercise bike that is hooked up to a, a monitor like a TV screen monitor in front of them, and a display, and they can watch different stuff while they pedal. Well, while they pedal, there's this little counter in the lower right-hand corner of, of the display, and that counter is their merits or their their credits, right? It's, it's effectively like their money. And so as they ride, they increase their merits. Well, it turns out through the show you find that because eventually it zooms out and shows that it's this giant complex of these exercise bikes and what's happening is people are actually powering it's how they it's how they generate electricity is by everyone riding these bicycle, these stationary bikes and then the you know that generating the electricity so you get merits by doing that but then when you're done you retire to a room where you have a bed and the room is surrounded in screens so you don't actually get to go outside. There's it's a very um I, I wanna say slave-like existence, but it's not slave in the sense of like America. Like no one's being beaten, from what I can see. No one's being, you know, tortured. Although I don't know, because it doesn't really get into people misbehaving that much either. So I don't I don't know. I don't know exactly. But just this total totalitarian society, kind of like um yeah, I, I, it's slipping my mind now. I wanted to say Orwell, but I don't... Uh, kind of 1984-ish society, except in that they're still out in the world, actually. Anyway, whatever. Bottom line, they have very, very controlled lives where they ride bicycle to generate points. And then they can spend the points on virtual goods, basically. Uh, and food and, 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 like, ads come up on the displays that they are forced to constantly be looking at. And they can skip the ads, but that deducts from their credits, you know, that sort of thing. Well, so there's this one TV show that's pretty much America's Got Talent, effectively. Uh, it's like a, a talent show kind of thing where there's the, the panel of the three judges. And if you get 15 million merits, 15 million of these credits then you can go and spend them on, um, on a ticket to enter this contest, this talent show contest thing. So kind of the main character of the episode meets this girl who is new to his area or whatever, riding the bikes, and he overhears her singing, and she sings incredibly well, and he's very moved by it. Well, he has 15 million merits himself, and so he decides to buy a ticket and gift her the ticket to this talent show so she can go and sing. And if you succeed at the talent show, then you get out of having to ride these bicycles, right? You, like, break break out of that mold, if you will. And so she goes to the talent show, and she sings, and it's very, very good. But the judges instead say that they think that she would be better suited for porn which was kind of a strange turn um and so the crowd gets really into it and they think she should do it and and so she decides that she'll do that because she's she doesn't have an opportunity to sing they say we're not going to give you a, a spot as a singer so you can either go back to the bicycles or you can do a career in adult film right so she agrees to 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 go be adult film time. And she's but not she's not happy about it, but she kind of concedes to that. So the main character who had bought her the ticket flips out. So he gets himself another 15 million credits. He generates another 15 million credits over whatever period of time that takes, and buys himself a ticket. So then he goes to the talent show and brings a broken piece of glass with him that he had tamed early in the episode, but it's not really relevant. But anyway, he gets a broken piece of glass and he walks out and he starts doing this dance number and then he produces this piece of glass and holds it to his throat and tells the the staff of the show that if you come near me, I'm going to kill myself, right? And so they're like, okay, you know, what do you want? And he's like, I just want to talk. And he basically just goes on this tirade about how, how corrupt the society is and how nothing means anything and how they pedal on these bikes to nowhere endlessly and and just to buy virtual goods that don't even really exist and they don't really have lives and they don't really have the ability to get out and be real people and, and everything is so controlled and he's just, you know, he's livid while he's doing this and he's just screaming and cursing at these show hosts. And, and so he finally, you know, kind of stops talking and, The crowd, everyone is kind of silent and taken aback by what he said. And then the show host is like, that's the most, that's the best speech I've ever heard on this stage. And the crowd goes crazy. And then they offer him a spot that he can do twice a week. He can have a show where he can rant about whatever he wants twice a week. So he takes it. And the episode ends with him now on the TV screen in front of the people who are bicycling and he's holding the glass shard to his throat. Right. And he's going on and on about how all this stuff is irrelevant and how stupid the whole system is. And then at the very end of his rant, he pushes the the, the glass into his neck a little more and is like, I'm going to like, I'm, I'm going to end it forever. I can't, you know, I can't take this anymore and then kind of stops for a second and he's like, until the same time next week. And then it goes off, and then it shows him in his new living quarters, which is more than just a little box. It's like a house-looking scenario. And yeah, like, now he and he goes and takes a little piece of glass and puts it in a little case so he can get it out again when he records the next time. And I don't know what the point of the episode from the writer's perspective was supposed to be. But to me, it, it just kind of... It kind of tied into this other stuff I'm talking about, because... Here's this guy who's so mad and upset and, and, and incensed by this meaningless fluff world, right? And this all this noise, effectively, that's all around him. And then when he has an opportunity to not have to be in, effectively, the rat race anymore, that's what he does. He jumps on it and he goes for it. And so then he he just joins those show hosts, right? He's not actually solving anything. He's not actually making any difference. But now that he doesn't have to be in it, it's better. And I just I, I feel like that's just a pretty good analogy of our society where there's all this noise and there's all this stuff, but no one really cares because really they just want to get out of the rat race. And if they can do that, then the noise and the stuff and the 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 misinformation, and all of that, it doesn't matter to them as much anymore. And I, I don't I don't know I don't, I don't, again I don't have an answer for that I don't have a some grand conclusion where I can now say and because of that we have to live this way or we have to think this way or, we have to, I don't have that I don't I don't know I don't know I don't know what that answer is um I just know that that right now there's a ton of noise and I don't know I don't know what the way out is Just recently, there was a a change that they made to the SNAP program, which is the food stamp program, where basically there's now a work requirement. And to be fair, it's a very minimal work requirement. You have to work 20 hours a week for at least three months in a 36-month period, so in a three-year period. Um, So basically, you have to work 80 hours a year for three years in a three-year period, to qualify for food stamps, however, this only appear uh, this only impacts people who are between eighteen and forty nine, and who are who don't have children and who are not on disability. Right, so it's not targeting elderly people, it's not targeting families, and it's not targeting you know people who aren't physically well enough to work. Right, and my initial reaction to that is that it's appalling because I it bothers me that in this country we we spend so much time worrying about what people who are in abject poverty are are taking from us while companies like Amazon pay zero, right, in taxes. And my empathetic response to that is that it is it is it, that is wrong to target people on food stamps. Like of all the problems that we need to solve, all the ways that we misappropriate money, is food stamps really the, the biggest the biggest strain on us, you know? Like, is that really where we need to go? And the problem is, is that it's really hard to have a good conversation about it because, because of the noise. Because there are valid points on the other side of why you would be pro-corporate welfare. Because that's what it is, these tax breaks, right? It's just, it's still welfare. They just don't call it that, but that's what it is. But, you know, if you say, hey companies, you all owe us 30% now, well, guess what? Especially in the modern age of technology, these companies move on. They don't, they're not here anymore. So now there's bigger problems with jobs, there's bigger pro- there's just bigger problems in general, right? That's fair. That's that's not a that's not a completely stupid position to hold, right? And I get that. Um but I, it's still hard for me to just shake the the just genuine lack of empathy that we have for people who, who struggle. And people act like there's just... If, like, I don't know if... Like, people who don't like people on food stamps, I don't know how many of them you've known. I certainly do not know everyone on food stamps. And I certainly don't mean to imply that there is no one who takes advantage of the system. However... Everyone that I've ever known that is, does use the benefit of food stamps, they're not ballin', right? They're not living large. They're not, they're not living these big, robust lives and eating like kings or something. Like, their lives are hard because of their financial situation. And uh it just, again, it, it's hard for me at least initially, and based on probably my limited information, you know, in some ways. But it's, it's hard for me to not just be empathetic with that and say, I don't think that's the thing that we need to change. I don't think that's where the spending needs to to, to be shored up at. Um, but it's really hard to have a good conversation about that. It's really hard to be nuanced about that because there's everyone's just in the noise. And so if you talk to someone who is pro- Food stamp, social welfare stuff—you're villainized if you even bring up that maybe it's a good idea to shore that up. And if you bring up to someone who thinks that it needs to be shored up, that you know maybe these people are needy, you just you get thrashed for for being a bleeding heart that doesn't understand the way the world really works and. And you know what? Even that statement that I just made right there is an overgeneralization. Not everyone that you talk to that holds one of those views will, you know, be mean to you as a result of that. Um, but it's just, it's challenging. It's challenging to find to find good answers to complicated problems, which is to some extent why they're complicated problems. the The, the frustration is just that there's more complication added by nonsense that is totally independent of the problem. So I don't know if this this ramble makes any sense or not. I don't know if I connected the ideas uh, in a coherent manner for you here. I hope I did. I tried to, Um, but I to kind of try and bring it all back and and just kind of recap it. You know, I, I highly recommend that you check out Jordan Peterson, especially if you if you think of yourself or you identify yourself as someone who lines up a little more with the left. Uh, you know, politically or or liberal ideologies, I I highly recommend that you check him out. And again, not something that someone else put together about him, not quotes that you can find on the internet, not a Reddit thread about this thing that he said and what that proves, but just really go, just go listen. If you don't want to check out a whole three-hour conversation, fine, just watch the first hour. But you can't just watch 10 minutes. That's the other thing is that for these really complicated conversations, you just don't get to the meat in 10 minutes, right? Like, you just need more time than that. Um, give it an hour. Give it 30 minutes and see what you think. And I bet you'll be interested to keep keep listening. Um, and just just know that whatever side you fall, and even if you hate The Daily Show, and you think that Chris Wallace is Walter Re- Conkite reborn, right, from Fox News, fine. But just know that there's a lot of misinformation out there that's not just because people are malicious. Chris Wallace might tell you something incorrect on Fox News and it's not because Fox News is the Republican hate machine or something. It's just because people get things wrong sometimes, but everything is so fast and there's so much noise that there's just not any scrutiny of it. And it could it will probably is things that you won't even think about. Um, and maybe because you don't really think about them, they don't really matter that much, but just this blind trust in sources and in people is not healthy. And and it's also not healthy to blindly distrust everything and assume that everyone's lying. That doesn't, it's not tenable. It doesn't work. Um, again, you have to apply some nuance to it. You have to look at it, but, uh, Anyway, that I think I think that's all I can say right now about about <laughs> Jordan Peterson and noise and politics. And yeah, Black Mirror Mirror, by the way, crazy show. I, again, here I am at you know advocating a show that's been out for close to a decade. Um, but I hadn't watched it, and I can't be the only one. So <laughs> uh, if you're if you're into some kind of mind bending stuff, and and it is it is explicit, and there is some some kind of violent stuff in there, so be wary of that, but uh, yeah, check out some Black Mirror. Alright right, folks, well, that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for listening, and thank you again, Misha, for providing the music. Um, Like I said, the the whole idea of this isn't to to promote paranoia. Uh, I guess really the best advice I can give is just that remember that sometimes people are wrong about things, and and it's not even because they intentionally were disingenuous. So uh, just be open to knowing something, and then later finding out that maybe that wasn't actually what it originally was cracked up to be. Either way, again, appreciate you listening. Have a great week.